Charles Barkley deal is rumored somewhere between 100 to 200 million dollars. Fasten your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy oh, ride. It's going to be yeah. so fun. It's going to be mm-hmm. fun, fun, fun. Yes. <laughs> people welcome into montgomery and company i'm renee montgomery listen we're going to start out like we do every week with the moco newsroom but i gotta send a special shout out to the whole crew over there the nba on tnt just signed another huge deal the whole crew a 10-year deal we got big buck chuck coming back Shaq coming back ernie coming back kenny coming back right on time for the nba season and speaking of the nba season we have morgan kato coming through who is the assistant GM with the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk to her about a little bit of everything. And then, of course, we got to have my sister, Nicole, make it make sense because there's a lot of things going on out there. Yeah, we got to do better, folks. Let's go! I went back. I'm going, going back, back to UConn. UConn, we went back to UConn this weekend for Women's Weekend, which was the first time I've known about it happening in a sense of the whole weekend was to celebrate the women's excellence that happens at UConn, whether it was we know about women's basketball and the championships on championships that Coach Emma and the whole coaching staff have won. But we also were celebrating field hockey, swimming, the first OGs that started the program, Title IX's 50th anniversary, there were a lot of women there that were like they just directly resulted in Title IX. They had programs now that they could attend. They had sports lives that they could just advance and go further with. So it was really a wild moment just to see like all the women that basically started the sports era in college. And then there was first night. And so the whole fam was with me, Snook, Diddy, Serena, my son, Junior. And he was asking me a whole bunch of questions at first. Like, oh, are people going to show up? What is first practice? I'm like, it's the first practice of the year. It basically is just a celebration of the men's and women's basketball team that the season is here, baby. Okay. Like that's all it is. He's like, are people going to show up? And I'm like, are people going to show up? I had to even just take a second here. What are you talking about, son? So we get to opening night. Now it's changed a little bit. Coach Ariema let me know. I wasn't here for 15 years. I graduated in 2009. So I was like, dang, like I've been gone for a minute. The campus is different. There's a downtown area now. We have a Starbucks on campus. Like what? So everything's different, including first night. I get there. There's a whole stage. I'm hosting, by the way. So I pull up and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you want to, you know, host a little bit. We know you do this on a regular. So what's up? So I'm like, OK, so get a script. Whole big old stage. UConn sold out the thing. Students only invited. So it was a closed event, only open to the students, and the students sold the whole gym out, which I think is a pretty dope thing. But then we get to the band, and I posted it online. If you guys haven't seen it, um, I posted it on Instagram. The band comes out here and shuts it down. They drumline style. Now, I'm not saying it's HBCU style, because I do know that drumlines and HBCUs and, and the marching bands are synonymous with excellence. But UConn really did come out there and show some energy for the drumline. They had fire. They lit up the sticks and they started tapping on each other's drum lounge style. I know y'all remember Nick Cannon and all of them drum lounge that they were doing some of that stuff, beating on each other's drums. I was impressed. 
I'm just going to say, I was impressed with UConn and everything going on. There were a lot of alum there. You know, I'm not even going to name the amount of alum there because I don't want to forget nobody. But what up to the alum that was there? It was just a crazy weekend at UConn. I mean, I know that people talk about UConn basketball and, and the excellence that is. But when you get to go back to, to situations like first night, you see the UConn family. You know, you see the UConn, like, just whole community that makes you who you are post UConn. And, you know, I, I talked about that in my speech, that 2%, that's, you know, only 2% of athletes go pro and UConn gave me that 2%. So it was just a crazy turn of events that weekend. And it was just, I felt the love. I felt the family. I felt like exactly how I felt when I was there. And that's hard to say. So shouts to UConn, my Huskies, man, I believe blue. Okay, so we're back at it again, Danielle. Back at it again with Newsroom. What y'all got for me this week? This week I know was a very spicy week, so I'm actually a little concerned about what y'all might have for me this week. I'll start us off. (laughs) So looking for my Newsroom articles here, I was just flipping through and somebody's name keeps coming up. He's no longer known as Kanye, but yay. Kept coming up in all all my headlines. And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Let me just say he's touching everything. He's messy and everything. So I'm just going to do literally just the headlines because the headlines speak for themselves. Now, one of the headlines I really don't have, but I know that everybody knows that Instagram and Facebook have just kind of gave him the time out as far as his um, statements he made against the Jewish community and they weren't very happy about it and neither was he. So he's mad. So then I see on CNN, um, CNN says basically that a week after being called out for his anti-Semitism, Kanye West buys parlor. Oh, yes. I heard about that. Mm. That was the first messy thing that I see, other than the tweets that he did before that upset the Jewish community. Then he just said, well, fine, since y'all gonna keep on putting me on suspension, because now they're talking about a permanent ban for Instagram. He said, I'll just go ahead and buy my own platform. So... Good luck to all those who are going to be on Ye's platform. Is he trying to follow in Donald Trump's steps or something? <laughs> My point exactly. Oh, there you that go. I just said his name. Why did, Why did well, he do you know, that? Well, you know, he had something to say about anti-Semitism. I heard on the news this morning, uh, the journalists were outraged about 45th comments about the Jewish community. Yeah. So, you know, that's how we go. And he's like, you know, he's going to do that. But then I, it doesn't stop there because not only does he spill over messy into Instagram and into Facebook and now into Twitter, because Twitter welcomed him back, of course, because that's what that is. And then he goes over and touches another topic. And it says George Floyd's family considering lawsuit after Kanye West claims a fentanyl Yeah, no, that was a hot mess. Yeah, so that's, really, that's like a hot defamation mess. I mean, it's all a hot mess. It's all like, a hot mess, yeah. but he is every. He's touching, he's everywhere. It's like, I don't know who he's you, trying to what? be to. I don't know. Yes. Understand. So I didn't have one topic. I just did the messy boots. He's messy boots right now. He is just messy. Ooh, he just, con- you listen, ooh, I feel much. like Ye is having uh, an episode. Like, you know, like I feel like when people that struggle from mental illnesses and he said, you know, people try to say he suffers from mental illness and that's a way to hold him back. I think times like this are times where people think that you are suffering from mental illness because 
why else would you do the things you're doing to Serena's point? Who are you appealing to and why? So oh, yeah, we're, Cole, not, we're not done yet. I got oh, one, more, <laughs> one more, one more. Wow. This is not, this is not a CNN um, newsroom type title, but then he's also touching on the base of now he's putting his children in a different predicament because he wants them to go to Donda's school. So he actually put out the name of the school that his children are going to. So now Kim has got to be yeah, had to beef security, up security and all yeah. this stuff to make sure her children are in a safe environment as well as the other children who are in the school. It's not fair to them either. So to make sure that, you know, that nothing crazy is going on as well. So what I'm saying it's like he's just messy. He's messy everywhere. This is a manic episode. Snap. This I don't is know a what is going episode. on. With, I mean, like I'm, a lot of people have been saying it for a long time. Like Kanye has been lost it, and a lot of people are like, okay, well, this is the last straw. You know, like I myself ha- have even mistaken his stupidity for maybe borderline genius. But there's a line that you cross where it's like, okay, you are just you have just just gone mad at this point. You know, like yeah. I know that everybody tends to think about outside of the outside of the box when you're a genius, quote unquote genius or whatever yeah. but nah this this is he, he's he's gone too far one too many times or like way too many times i should say yeah yes so and moving it. along to the next one okay cole she threw her stuff out there we're gonna keep it moving <laughs> we're gonna keep up the pace a little bit faster now who what we got coming to the newsroom okay well mine's not long this time so i'll just go ahead and jump <laughs> in there and the reason i chose this article is because i have been traveling a lot and you know when i used to travel in the past i would notice when i flew that there was always a few vacant seats on the plane. Never was every plane that I got on. This has been going on since the COVID ended. Every seat is taken. COVID's over? Well, since COVID, you know, we had to shut down and no planes were flying. Since COVID started. Travel and Leisure has an article out today about the U.S. airports are among the busiest in the world. And you won't believe this, but the one that we fly through, and I'm glad that they're my hub from West Virginia now because my flight to Atlanta is only 50 minutes. So that's <laughs> wonderful. No, you know, two, two flights to get there or whatever. But the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport remains the busiest airport in the world in October as the country and the world gears up for the crowded holiday season. Now, number two, I haven't been to this airport, but I'm dying to go. Uh-oh, it's got to be Paris. <laughs> Dubai. Oh! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dubai, Dubai is the second busiest? Second wow. busiest in October. Now, they're just doing this for recently. And then followed by Tokyo and then Dallas-Fort Worth. So Ooh. I guess, like I said, if you're flying, Dallas. you need to know that it's going to be hot and, and heavy for the holiday season. And Atlanta is still the busiest airport in the world. Come on, wow. shouts to 10. That's what? crazy. Shouts, we got folks that is heading up the leadership teams over there at the airport. Now, honestly, though, the Atlanta airport really is like, it, it is what they say they is in a sense of, I travel in and out of the airport so much. And anytime I go to other airports, it definitely isn't the same processes as ours. And we're spoiled in Atlanta. And it's crazy that it's the busiest, but it's so efficient. Like, I mean, you do get, you know, backed up sometimes, but it's not like, you know, like, like new 
New York. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, um, like LaGuardia, JFK, all those other ones. Nah, you're going to run into hours of TSA. But anyway, moving on to weird news. Billions of snow crabs have disappeared from the waters around Alaska. I so that. I Why are we all concerned? We're all like, what's going on with our crabs? I don't know. No, don't mess with the crab on? now, baby. Right. Like, well, usually people, research usually attributes that to overfishing. But now research has actually said that the disappearance is human-caused climate change is a significant factor in the crab's alarming disappearance. That's what the research says. So we need to do better with our planet. It doesn't look like we're going to be eating any crabs, a lot of crabs anytime soon. But this is, I don't know, I felt like this was kind of weird. We're around Halloween time. We know this is kind of like weird news. I felt like this was kind of weirding me out. It's kind of like when the birds fall out of the sky. You guys yeah. remember that news? Yes. Definitely. Yeah, this, this is like, I don't like when the yeah. animals disappear like that. That's One just weird. billion too. It's like, it's not that just like a hundred million. That would have been alarming to me. Like a hundred right. million like crabs. That's, that's alarming. That's alarming. But we're talking about one billy with a bee. Mm-hmm. Look, right I just now. went and bought uh, seafood today. I bought me some crab. I bought some scallops and some you shrimp. Got so I'm next real. Month. And it was expensive. I'm about to say one billy. Them unlimited crab nights. Y'all know them places that used to have unlimited oh, crab yeah. leg nights. Y'all better, it. them things are about to be a, a, a thing of the past if these <sighs> crabs keep on disappearing. That was an interesting one. All right. And I will bring up the rear with my newsroom. Okay. So for me, it's a time for a celebration. Okay. I got to call up my dear good friend because we rich, baby. Shouts to Charles Barkley and the whole inside the NBA on TNT crew. They all just signed some unbelievable groundbreaking deals that I absolutely think they deserve. I want to make sure I say that the deals are coming in. I mean, they said Charles Barkley deal. And then like, we haven't gotten all the details yet. But Charles Barkley deal is rumored somewhere between 100 to 200 million dollars. And that's reported from the New York Post. Ooh. It's a 10-year deal. His current deal is through the 2024-2025 season, which is the same season when the TNT's NBA contract expires. Okay? So, it's a wild turn of events. I don't know what else to say other than we're blessed because we're going to get I'm talking about prime time. I don't care. Charles Barkley, <laughs> unfiltered. Because you got to remember what happens when your relatives that are outspoken get a little bit older. Oh, they're boy. Just, they're just getting a little bit more outspoken. Oh, they boy. get a little bit more unfiltered. <laughs> and I just feel like they had to know when they signed Charles Barkley to an extension that the discussion of am I going to be able to speak how I want to speak came up because I remember that that was a topic of discussion before he was like, look, I can only be me. So I might need to retire soon. That was what we heard last. So now we're hearing yes. a 10 year deal worth a hundred to 200 million. I'm assuming that we're going to get some unfiltered, amazing <laughs> inside the NBA on TNT. So we all deserve this. We all need to celebrate yes. what's going on. I'm happy I'm that so he's back. back. I'm so happy. because, <laughs> Like you said, we, we didn't think that he was going to be back. He was talking about retiring. And so now we're going to have it for, for a long time. Yes, I'm really sir. happy about this. Yes. I'm also going to say this. Fasten your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy oh, ride. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. And it's yeah. not just and it's not just Charles Barkley signing back, by the way. The whole group came back pretty oh, much. Boy. So Ernie no. Johnson, he's entering his 33rd season, 33 wow. years with the company as host of Telecast. So that's that's he's coming back. Charles Barkley, four time sports Emmy Award winner for outstanding sports personality. We know that personality. He earned that. 
Kenny Smith coming back, a two-time NBA champion with the Houston Rockets, 24th year as a studio analyst. He's going to be back. And then, of course, Shaquille O'Neal joined the company in 2011, <laughs> appearing as a studio analyst on the inside of the NBA. All, all of that. Okay, so yeah, I love all me of some that. Shaq now. Listen, <laughs> we all get the treat of the NBA on TNT coming back at least until the end of their TV contract with the NBA. So I just think that's a celebration and a great way to wrap up the MoCo Newsroom. up next we have the first woman of color to be hired by an nba team as assistant gm morgan kato she's coming through another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, first of all, love the energy that you just yes, pulled up with yes. us on. Okay, look at just amazing. We love mm-hmm. to see it. Morgan Cato, come on. Wait, I'm not done congratulating you on becoming the first woman of color to be hired by an NBA team Ooh, as an yes. assistant GM <laughs> with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm humble. I'm grateful. I'm excited and I'm I'm glad to be an amazing company. Energy matches energy. So I'm looking yes. forward to this chat today. I'm really, really honored. Oh, great. great. Let's go. Oh, I love it. So ours. there was this new movie that recently came out called Hustler by Adam Sandler. And I think a lot of people in the sports world can relate to the fact that it's a struggle to climb a ladder in any organization. And so once you get your foot in there, you know, that's a tough thing to do. You've climbed the ladder all the way to assistant GM. So yes. I would love to hear about your journey and just, you know, like, what did that look like along the way? Oh, gosh. Well, um, number one, <laughs> I mean, hustle. You're right. It is spot on. It, it authentically <laughs> captured what it really feels like to be in this business. Right. Um, but before I even go into that, Renee, shout out to you. Because, girl, you, you are, are you breaking down those doors just as well. Awesome. I mean, to have you in the space that you're in, um, we are shifting the narrative on what women do, what athletes do, and um, I'm championing you 100%. So wow, anything I can do to supporting you, you know that you have me. So I um, got you on that. But um, wow. no, hustle is real. Hustle is real, <laughs> literally, across the board. <laughs> and, and I think people also... Um, get used to thinking that this life is really about the glitz and the glam. And that's a small percentage and a fragment of, you know, what you receive in this space. Um, mm-hmm. You got to do this work because it's about passion. It's about um, love. It's about being authentic. And it's really, you know, having that basketball Jones, as I call it, you, you have hey. to want to be in this space. So um, ultimately, I, I think that's where a lot of my success has come from. I'm authentically me all the time, you know, I learned to be comfortable in my own skin um, many, many years ago. And when I recognize that there are very few people that look like us 
in this industry, you know, I decided that I can't be anyone other than me. I can't mm. try to be a former professional player. I can't try to be a man. I can't try to be anyone that moves differently from how Morgan, as an African-American woman, traditionally moves. So I own that. And I, I love what we do. You know, um, I recognize that Hoops has the chance to change lives differently, create access for many communities that don't traditionally have opportunities like this. And um, more than anything, it's not just about me. It's about the game. I'm in service to this game. So um, I think those are some of the nuggets that have um, helped me to get to where I am today. But um, it's it's a journey. It's a journey. You got to love this work, you know. So um, um, prayer, being steadfast, um, (laughs) you know, my my steps are ordered by the highest. So um, I just I just move that way. That's it. (laughs) No, I love that. And a lot of people, you know, are just now you talked about it, you and I being different roles in this space. A lot of people are getting used to women being in the front office of men's sports. You know, that's something that and we're going to get to the the basketball aspect of it, too, because I want to make sure I talk hoops and business with you, because, (laughs) listen, this is get you somebody that can do both. Okay, we got her. What up? So I wanted to talk to you about because a lot of people aren't necessarily used to women being in, you know, positions of power in men's sports. Now, you just so happen to be involved with a team that I think is like exceptional in that space. WNBA fans have seen the Phoenix team pull up on the Mercury sitting mm-hmm. courtside at their playoff mm-hmm. games, yes. all yes. of the above. So what is that energy like, you know, from the players welcoming you in? Because it's never usually the players that have the problems. It's usually the outside noise, the media, the fans <laughs> that aren't real fans. But what what has that been like? <laughs> you know, um, part of why I am here. I really have to give so much um, respect and a shout out to James and Monty. Um, They are both amazing leaders, um, both amazing basketball leaders and um, just good human beings. Right. So I've had relationships with them professionally and personally throughout my time at the league office. You know, as Monty has continued to ascend as a world class leader and coach, James shifting the narrative as well from being a championship player to being an executive in this space. A lot of what I used to do on the league office side is kind of how do we close the gaps between, you know, the compliance and the business side of basketball and truly I'm um, trying to create more space for the game to show up authentically. So um, I, I, I played a lot of that middle ground, you know, and then also growing up, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. So I spent my time basically on every playground you can think about in the city. <laughs> so, I mean, these are my guys, you know what I mean? Yes, you already yes, know. yes, right. You know, so, so there, there's a degree of relatability, I think, in just kind of understanding the space and understanding today's players. So as they recognized that there was more that they wanted to do here in Phoenix, they had a short list of people that they were interested in to help complement what's not here. And um, I was one of those people on that list. So it was a bit more of an organic fit. It wasn't more so of just, okay, here's the job, go apply and go post. You know, I have been interviewing and doing the job and doing the work for years. Hmm. You know, it's, nice. it's through yeah. access, it's through relationships, it's through trust that, um, and then timing, you know, to recognize that, okay, there's something that you have that we need here, let's talk about it. And, and that's why Phoenix is where I am. I'm sure there are plenty of other organizations that I could consider or think about. But um, when I thought authentically about what made sense for Mo, this was the best fit. So um, that, that's essentially how I got here. And the guys, they've been amazing. I mean, I have hit the ground running with an amazing front office staff, 
team personnel, coaches, the first person opening the facility to the last person here in the evening. I mean, when you talk about like real group hugs and love, like it has been amazing. Um, and and nice. I, I have never experienced that anywhere that I've been where people just genuinely showing up as themselves and have welcomed me and have recognized my value from the ground running. So it's it's really been an awesome experience. Praise God. Great. Wow, that's Beautiful. amazing. And you said that you've yes. been doing the job for years. So walk us through it. Like, what is the day in the life? Okay, because, you know, like people may hear assistant GM and they're like, okay, so what does that look like on a game day? You know, the season is here. So what does a day look like for Mo on a game day with the Phoenix Suns? Yes. Well, um, we, we let's even back up a little bit because I basically started, you know, just before training camp. So, so much of my work has been essentially kind of like how we're building, how we're preparing, you know, because we're a team that's here to compete. You know, um, so when we talk about all of, of the pieces, how we can tighten up on process, how we can um, tighten up on player enhancement when it comes to performance and performance plans, how we focus on coaching development. It's kind of like all these pieces that start to ready us for the season is really where I've spent the most of my time so far. So I have been um, basically on the court here early during shoot arounds, building the relationship. So number one, the trust is there and it's there the right way. And then I have two ears and one mouth. I can't walk into someone else's house and just automatically say, give me the keys, you know, or this is what you're going to do, or or, this is what you're not going to do. The transactional side of the business is a huge component, but ultimately we're about performance. You know, so that's where I spend the most of my time from an assistant general manager and VP of B-Ball Ops perspective. I'm focused on performance. I'm focused on how do we continue to win and all the pieces that come through that. Um, I also say I focus on roster cohesion, not necessarily Hmm. just roster construction. So when you separate and think about the differences with that is it's not just about the contractual pieces to say who fits in our salary bracket. You know, where do we want to emphasize luxury tax or where do we want to make the recommendations? We got to make the pieces work. Wow, that's right. cool to hear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, right. And Renee, you know this, right? You know what it's yeah. like. To be <laughs> you just don't have that cohesion, you know, or mm-hmm. players can't communicate effectively or coaches have ideas and want to figure out how do I actually get a play from this point to action to shift and really be kind of like a team leader and individual player. So we're focused on playing wide and playing deep. How do we enhance wow. all the abilities of our guys? But then how do we also prepare for the long run? We're focused on what our playoff stretch is going to look like and how we're able to compete in the postseason. So how you play deep and play wide is a lot of kind of where I'm spending my time and getting some of those nuggets out. So when we fast forward now to what the season looks like, you know, we have our season opener this Wednesday. Um, we are excited. We are amped. Uh, it's going to be a nationally <laughs> yes. televised game. So by the time I think anyone's hearing this, we would have gotten that dub. I'm claiming it. Okay. <laughs> yes, into yes. <laughs> yes. Nothing like the dubs. Thank you, Mama. I appreciate that. Um, but let, let's even go back to, you know, um, Vegas and our preseason games. You know, part of my work there is um, being there early for the guys, understand the landscape. It's important to be there for basically warm up and make sure everybody's in their right space talk to scouts, we talk to other personnel who are here, but make sure that they are ready to perform. And then it's anything and everything that can kind of happen throughout the season. So making sure that our guys continue to stay healthy, if we're having any issues in the arena, um, just true connectivity to the performance staff, coaches, things like that. Um, We're the first people that they see when they leave the bomb, when they're leaving the locker room, making sure everyone's in the right mindset. And no matter whether we win or we lose, we're still there at the end. 
you know, wow. so it's nice. that consistency. And um, my role throughout the season, I will be traveling with the team for the majority of the season to make sure that um, we're supporting and they have that consistent pulse of, you know, just how we continue to be good in different markets. Um, Renee, you know this too, that road life is no joke. Ooh, it's long, yes. it's long. <laughs> when you're not in a desirable city, you know, how are you still making sure that you're able to perform when you're away from your family? Well, you know, when yeah. you're at that, that sticky point in the season where you're like, I don't want to see anyone's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of that is real. And those are the other pieces that go into really helping to manage a team to perform. So um, transactions, salary cap, CBA, performance enhancement, player engagement, um, our logistics, all of the different pieces, how we connect to our business. Um, I, I kind of play across all of those different areas. Um, and the last piece I'll hit on also from the business perspective, that's that's a true nugget that um, I think the, the game is still working towards. Like in many cases, you'll have a divide between the business side of the house and the yeah. basketball part. Yeah, we're working on that right now to make sure that Why it's just you know fluid. This. You yeah. know this. Exactly. So how do we create, you know, more synergy? So as we're looking at our partnerships, our sponsorships and what makes sense for the guys, you know, like strategically, you know, doing things that make sense for sons basketball. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm blessed to be able to join the organization when we're in such a pivotal space where yeah. we're, we're coming, you know, out of a, a low. But I mean, the pun on the words in the valleys, you know, you have highs and lows. Right. So we're coming okay. back into Always. this high space. So yes. I'm, I'm excited to be there for it. So it, it's been great. Love that. You touched on the low. And so I'm just curious, like, you know, you feel like a very hands on. You talked about chemistry, connectivity. When situations like what happened happen, like, you know, how do you make sure that the guys are in the right headspace as you talked about? How do you make sure that the group, everyone does have that same energy? Because, you know, that was a big blow to the organization, but the season is still coming around the corner. So I feel like a lot of that does fall on you now hearing your role. So, you know, what have you been doing to make sure that everybody's in that headspace? You know, um, it's a fair point. I think what everyone has experienced previously, everyone had different points of engagement. You know, some of the guys that are here, they they did not personally experience that, but they, you know, are empathetic to relate to their colleagues yeah. who, you know, experienced the hardship of that era. Um, I think what we're charged with is showing who the sons really are, you know, right. and, and it's separate right. from one individual. You know, the, these guys are out here grinding. These guys are out here hustling. And um, Monty Williams, we were talking just last week, and, and this place really is magical. You know, there there is something different. There's a different energy here. So I think what we're all charged with is just showing up, showing up and, and doing Suns hoops, you know, doing Suns basketball and showing the camaraderie and, and just showing like what we're really about. We're, we're bigger than, you know, the highlights. We're bigger than, you know, the tabloids and essentially, you know, kind of what you're seeing in the media media headlines. There's a larger story to tell here. So so that's what we're doing. We're just helping the guys to authentically show up and be them. Wow. You know, and help them get wins as much as they can. But it's bigger than just those experiences. It's it's so much more. And um, the more we can create energy and positive energy around that, you know, I think we're in a good space. And and just on that note, I'll kind of hit on that's coming out of media day, right? And and media day is is interesting for me. I, I work with great colleagues who have just done so much to make sure that our guys were set up, you know, to be comfortable, to have their narratives and that the sons also um, had the right messaging to show relatability to so much that's gone on in the past, over the past 18 years. But you also want to focus on the high points. You know, we're, we're gearing up, we're ready for a good season. So it's also, I think, a little bit more challenging when you come out of, 
you know, a setting or a, a media day where the theme is gloom and doom, when those are the questions that were asked versus asking things in a positive light. You know, if, right. if the world wants to fixate, <laughs> you know, on negative energy, that's unfortunate. There, there's so much more, though, that the guys and that the team have to offer. So I think anytime you know, we get to authentically show up and show where we're going and where we are versus where we've been, I think that's a win for everyone. Yes, it is. I can see what a difficult job you have because, you know, you're talking about it. But we all know that athletes are very complicated individuals <laughs> who have their egos. And sometimes, you know, the communication goes in one ear and comes out the other. <laughs> I'm being red right now. But I'm just saying, you know, it, it takes a special mm-hmm. person to bring all of those egos, all of those uh, personal you know, things that the coach yeah. wants, mm-hmm. you know, the things that the organization wants to the game and make it successful. So you really have your work cut out for you. Yeah, you know, and 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 I'm I'm gonna call you Ma, right? So, okay, so no, problem. Problem, right? no problem. No problem. <laughs> You no know, it's, it's it's also, I mean, they're athletes, but they're also people. And I yeah. think everything mm. that you just said would go for anyone who's in a high performance setting. You know, so previous to me working in basketball, I was at the legal office for 10 years. But before that, I worked in investment banking. I worked in consulting. I worked in nonprofit. So when it comes to the spectrum of just understanding people, and I've also spent quite a bit of time internationally, you know, on courts across the world. So like I've I've kind of got the people thing down. Um, And then also I'm a middle child and I come from a ginormous family of, you know, great (laughs) You don't have middle child syndrome, do you? Girl, I got middle child syndrome all day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, me too, though, me too. (laughs) All day, all day. But I mean, when, when when you meet people where they are, I think that's really what it's about, you know, creating more relatability, you know, for someone who spends the majority of their time and um, highly visible and overly exposed. Sometimes you just got to meet people where they are, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I don't treat anyone in this building um, like they're they're better or they're worse. Like we're all human beings. You know, no right. matter of your title, no no matter of your, your, your salary range, like you, you just have to meet people where they are. And yeah. um, that's, again, where it comes to listening and understanding and, and just kind of going from there. And, you know, even back to that point of kind of knowing your audience in the mornings, I'll come and I'll sit down during shooting around to just kind of like meet the guys where they are. And, and coach comes up to me after, you know, a few guys finished working out, he came to kind of give me a hug and, you know, just kind of show some love. And he said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sweaty. I said, Coach, I said, we're in the gym. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're supposed to be I know where I am. I'm, I'm coming to your house. You know, this is my house now. I don't have to wear heels anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's meeting people where they are for, for all the highs and the lows and just it's trying, to le- trying to leave with the positivity. You just got to be a good yeah. human being. Absolutely. That's true. No, That's I love that. And I feel true. like we're getting full on access right now is practice yes. going on behind you I feel like I'm you know in my I feel like I'm in my zone and so you know you talked you talked about Monty Williams and I really want to get in a little bit more on the him because there's no human that I've met that doesn't even just smile when they say his name and think about how he has been 
with them. You know, a coach of the year type caliber player every single season. But what he's done with that Phoenix group, I mean, a lot of people thought Phoenix had a lot of potential for so many years. Like you could just see it. It was there. But what he does and brings out of the players that he's coaching, can you just talk about that? Because you said magical was a word that was happening there. And I think that he's a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. He's a big part of that because he recognizes that it's not just him. You know, like like he recognizes the importance of, of the coaching staff and, and the contributions from everyone. He recognizes the importance of our performance staff. Like, you know, he he's not the kind of person to hover, you know, but so much. He's conscious of, of his spacing and where he is and, and learning how to let people continue doing what you're doing. But I'm here from a different capacity. So when you recognize that it's not just about you, this is a team game, you know, and um, I, I think that's what shines the most for him is that degree of relatability, but also allowing people to kind of do what they need to do. Now, um, that that's a space that we're continuing to ramp up on. You know, how do we empower and enable our coaches, our players, our performance staff to make those recommendations to get us from one point to the next? You know, mm-hmm. it's not nice. just always this top down approach. It's also how do we recognize how much talent and, and, you know, everything else that we have going on in this building to make sure that, you know, the guys continue to perform. That's when the magic is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just people can come and be as they are. And um, the, 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 that, that's what I experienced. You know, it's, I went, when I came and visited with the team just before coming on board officially, and this was early, this was early, you know, I don't, I think we were just <laughs> finishing finals or in the home stretch of finals. And um, I had just came like right after they finished kind of doing a shoot around, you know, most guys are not even in market right. during that mm-hmm. time frame. You know, the season <laughs> ends and they're like, I'm out. Gone. I don't want to see you. Right. right. But I feel like I walked into the, like a, a backyard barbecue in, in the performance center, like in the performance room in the weight and training area. And I'm like, this, this is it. You know, this is important. it's good energy. You know, people are drinking their, you know, post-workout shakes and talking about real That's stuff. Good. James is there. I mean, like, let's like take, take that interview. You have your general manager. Right. You have your head coach, you have your assistant coaches, you have your players like it's, it's a whole family. Everyone's kind of locked in. It's not that division of, you know, you know, church and state. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're all in it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, there are very few places where I've seen that. I'm um, just even with James as the type of leader that he is. He's he's not a traditional leader. In most cases, I think anyone that's attained for that general manager role has spent a lot of time focused on the transactional piece. You yeah. know, um, it's it's more than just the transactions. And I think in the same way that we're kind of coming through this era of analytics and data and Renee, you know, this like it's a copycat league. It's a copycat mm-hmm. game. Right. For sure. You know, over the past, I say 10 to probably 12, 13 years, everyone's like really focused on the data, the analytics, you know, but but data is not absolute. It's a tool. You know, it's a resource to help you figure out how to kind of get other pieces to function the way they should. I think we're now moving into the space of a bit more EQ management. Like you have to know where people are. We're also dealing with um, and I pause on the word sophistication because I don't want to insinuate that players weren't sophisticated previously, but given the degree of access that we have, visibility, social media, et cetera, we're able to visibly see the brand and sophistication of players now. So you gotta meet these guys where they are. 
Facts. You know, we, we can't so make awesome. assumptions. Yeah. You know, we're now in the space of NIL. People understand their brand. They understand their worth. They know what they want to do post-career. They, they want to focus on their bodies differently. They want to be in this game longer and make something more of basketball, right? Yeah. So it's understanding all those pieces and how do you make it work on the court? That's what James is about, you know? Wow. So listen, <laughs> yes. I'll tell you right Freedom now, the players mm-hmm. listening, I mean, how could you not want to root for your organization now? Look at the leadership that you guys have. Look at what you're trying to do to overcome a situation. I thank you so much, Morgan, for stopping by Montgomery & Co. Really to talk yes. to us. Thank we you. wish you nothing but, the, but best the best in your new role, which you've been doing it for years. So continue to do what you do, okay? And thank you for joining us on Montgomery & Co. No, my pleasure. Enjoy, ladies. I'm glad to be with you. And Renee, I'll see you sooner than later on the road. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to have my sister, Nicole, make it make sense because there's a lot of things where it's just, Cole, handle it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it used to be back before social media came along is that uh, if we heard a piece of information from the news, the radio, the TV, if we had an opinion, however emotionally charged we were, we would talk to our friends, we would talk to our family, talk to the neighbors, talk to the people in our local town. And that's usually as far as it went. Now in 2022, anybody who has a thought or a conspiracy or a feeling can go to their preferred social media platform and they can have an audience to hear how they feel and also to get a high five, amen, or I I disagree from whoever is listening. And so I remember growing up, people were saying, children are always off limits. You know, it didn't matter where you went in the world, no matter your ethnicity, your religion, your social economic background, you know, people would say, you, you, can, you can attack the adults. You can, you can come after me, but leave the kids out of it. And it used to be just basic human decency. So now that everyone can go out there and just say what they feel, I feel like that level of human decency has gone out the door. And the reason why I say that is because I looked at an article and the title is for the article, Alex Jones ordered to pay Sandy Hook victim families 
nearly $1 billion. And so let me give you a little background as to uh, why Mr. Jones has to pay uh, the families uh, this amount of money. And the reason why is because if it's been a while, um, and it's been a while, but it's still happening. But back in 2012, in Newtown, Connecticut, 20 children and one FBI agent who responded to the call lost their lives that day in an, a senseless school shooting. And so soon after the news broke of this event, Mr. Jones actually took a stance to say that he did not believe that this event even happened and that this massacre was not real. And this was something that the government put together and they hired actors, both adults and children, to push gun legislation to be tighter, basically take away our guns. That's the thought processes that a lot of people have. And so he not only spoke on it, but he made it his business. That, and when I say he made it his business, literally he made it his business that he would go and he tried to prove or he was trying to have evidence that this never occurred. And so his theory, his conspiracy theory to all those who were, you know, very avid listeners of Mr. Jones, they believed him. And that's why I say a lot of times that social media, the responsibility and human decency is out the door because not only did these people believe him, but they actually started to harass the families, you know, online harassment. They were verbal. They would actually uh, had death threats. And so not only did they lose their children and they're trying to put their lives back together, but then they have a bunch of crazies who are out there who are telling them basically that their children did not exist, which is unimaginable, the hurt that that has to cause. And so they decided enough was enough. And so they decided to sue uh, Mr. Jones in which it went to trial and Mr. Jones actually lost and he's been charged with basically having to pay these families up to 960 odd million dollars. I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but nearly a billion dollars. And I just want to say, make it make sense speaking on children's lives like when did that become a thing I you know even if you didn't believe that these things happen make it make sense as to why that would be the business model or the stance that you would want to build your entire business off of because literally I'm not really familiar with Mr. Jones or or anything but this is the only thing I know about him so this is what you've branded your company with and so I did see also that he's trying to say that his business is going bankrupt and, you know, whatever he's doing to try to protect himself legally from having to pay this money, which is what I believe is what he's doing. But make it make sense why this was even something that you wanted to engage in to begin with. Like speaking on children's lives, that's just a horrible thing to say. You could have blame the government. You could have said it was a government conspiracy. But going to the point of even speaking on those children's names it's it's it went way too far. It went way, way, way too far. So make it make sense to me as to how we lost the human decency of keeping the children out of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is an anomaly. And I pray that he is. But just make it make sense how you took a business model and you took a stance and you made money off of this type of of hurt off of this type of unfortunate event of off of this type of just it's, it's a terrible unspeakable act that happened against all these families so just make it make sense like 
Did you sit down and talk to anybody? Where's your family? Where are your friends? Where is your small community to say this? Maybe this this isn't right. Not saying that you shouldn't do what you want to do or censorship, but where is the people around you saying this is just isn't right? Just do something else. Go a different way. Pivot. But make it make sense how you continued and thought and continues to go on because he really is doubling down on the fact that this is what he believes. And that's fine. Believe what you want to believe. But make it make sense how you made this your business. I just I don't understand. I for real love seeing people reach goals because like setting goals is intimidating. Achieving goals is so exhilarating. I don't know, man, just seeing people reach their goals. And and honestly, when you get to like look back at where you started and then look at where you are now, like when I went back to Yukon, it was like, man, when I was in the gyms, I remember how hungry I was for that championship, how just hungry I was for life. And I look at where I am now and I'm still so hungry and I'm just hungry for different things. So, you know, as we see growth, as we see the start of a new season, you know, people entering their 20th season. LeBron James is entering his 20th season. It's just crazy to see. And so, as always, it's a generational thing here at MoCo. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.